Section two of Tarzan the Terrible by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter two. To the death. In the moment of discovery, Tarzan saw that the creature was almost a counterpart of his companion in size and conformation, with the exception that his body was entirely clothed with a coat of shaggy black hair, which almost concealed his features, while his harness and weapons were similar to those of the creature he had attacked. Ere Tarzan could prevent, the creature had struck the ape-man's companion a blow upon the head with his knotted club that felled him unconscious to the earth but before he could inflict further injury upon his defenceless prey the ape-man had closed with him instantly tarzan realized that he was locked with a creature of almost superhuman strength the sinewy fingers of a powerful hand sought his throat while the other lifted the bludgeon above his head but if the strength of the hairy attacker was great great too was that of his smooth-skinned antagonist swinging a single terrific blow with clenched fist to the point of the other's chin tarzan momentarily staggered his assailant and then his own fingers closed upon the shaggy throat as with the other hand he seized the wrist of the arm that swung the club with equal celerity he shot his right leg behind the shaggy brute and throwing his weight forward hurled the thing over his hip heavily to the ground at the same time precipitating his own body upon the other's chest with the shock of the impact the club fell from the brute's hand and tarzan's hold was wrenched from its throat instantly the two were locked in a death-like embrace though the creature bit at tarzan the latter was quickly aware that this was not a particularly formidable method of offence or defence since its canines were scarcely more developed than his own the thing that he had principally to guard against was the sinuous tail which sought steadily to wrap itself about his throat and against which experience had afforded him no defence struggling and snarling the two rolled growling about the sward at the foot of the tree first one on top and then the other but each more occupied at present in defending his throat from the other's choking grasp than in aggressive offensive tactics but presently the ape-man saw his opportunity and as they rolled about he forced the creature closer and closer to the pool upon the banks of which the battle was progressing at last they lay upon the very verge of the water and now it remained for tarzan to precipitate them both beneath the surface but in such a way that he might remain on top at the same instant there came within range of tarzan's vision just behind the prostrate form of his companion the crouching devil-faced figure of the striped saber-tooth hybrid eyeing him with snarling malevolent face almost simultaneously tarzan's shaggy antagonist discovered the menacing figure of the great cat immediately he ceased his belligerent activities against tarzan and jabbering and chattering to the ape-man he tried to disengage himself from tarzan's hold but in such a way that indicated that as far as he was concerned the battle was over appreciating the danger to his unconscious companion and being anxious to protect him from the saber-tooth the ape-man released his hold upon his adversary and together the two rose to their feet drawing his knife tarzan moved slowly toward the body of his companion expecting that his recent antagonist would grasp the opportunity for escape to his surprise however the beast after regaining its club advanced at his side 
the great cat flattened upon its belly remained motionless except for twitching tail and snarling lips where it lay perhaps fifty feet beyond the body of the pithecanthropus as tarzan stepped over the body of the latter he saw the eyelids quiver and open and in his heart felt a strange sense of relief that the creature was not dead and a realization that without his suspecting it there had arisen within his savage bosom a bond of attachment for this strange new friend tarzan continued to approach the saber-tooth nor did the shaggy beast at his right lag behind closer and closer they came until at a distance of about twenty feet the hybrid charged its rush was directed toward the shaggy man-life ape who halted in his tracks with upraised bludgeon to meet the assault tarzan on the contrary leaped forward and with a celerity second not even to that of the swift-moving cat he threw himself headlong upon him as might a rugby tackler on an american gridiron his right arm circled this beast's neck in front of the right shoulder his left behind the left foreleg and so great was the force of the impact that the two rolled over and over several times upon the ground the cat screaming and clawing to liberate itself that it might turn upon its attacker the man clinging desperately to his hold seemingly the attack was one of mad senseless ferocity unguided by either reason or skill nothing however could have been farther from the truth than such an assumption since every muscle in the ape-man's giant frame obeyed the dictates of the cunning mind that long experience had trained to meet every exigency of such an encounter the long powerful legs though seemingly inextricably entangled with the hind feet of the clawing cat ever as by a miracle escaped the raking talons and yet at just the proper instant in the midst of all the rolling and tossing they were where they should be to carry out the ape-man's plan of offence so that on the instant that the cat believed it had won the mastery of its antagonist it was jerked suddenly upward as the ape-man rose to his feet holding the striped back close against his body as he rose and forcing it backward until it could but claw the air helplessly instantly the shaggy black rushed in with drawn knife which it buried in the beast's heart for a few moments tarzan retained his hold but when the body had relaxed in final dissolution he pushed it from him and the two who had formerly been locked in mortal combat stood facing each other across the body of the common foe tarzan waited ready either for peace or war presently two shaggy black hands were raised the left was laid upon its own heart and the right extended until the palm touched tarzan's breast it was the same form of friendly salutation with which the pithecanthropus had sealed his alliance with the ape-man and tarzan glad of every ally he could win in this strange and savage world quickly accepted the proffered friendship at the conclusion of the brief ceremony tarzan glancing in the direction of the hairless pithecanthropus discovered that the latter had recovered consciousness and was sitting erect watching them intently he now rose slowly and at the same time the shaggy black turned in his direction and addressed him in what evidently was their common language the hairless one replied and the two approached each other slowly tarzan watched interestedly the outcome of their meeting they halted a few paces apart first one and then the other speaking rapidly but without apparent excitement each occasionally glancing or nodding towards tarzan indicating that he was to some extent the subject of their conversation presently they advanced again until they met whereupon was repeated the brief ceremony of alliance which had previously marked the cessation of hostilities between tarzan and the black 
they then advanced toward the ape-man addressing him earnestly as though endeavoring to convey to him some important information presently however they gave it up as an unprofitable job and resorting to sign language conveyed to tarzan that they were proceeding upon their way together and were urging him to accompany them as the direction they indicated was a route which tarzan had not previously traversed he was extremely willing to accede to their request as he had determined thoroughly to explore this unknown land before definitely abandoning search for lady jane therein for several days their way led through the foothills parallel to the lofty range towering above often were they menaced by the savage denizens of this remote fastness and occasionally tarzan glimpsed weird forms of gigantic proportions amidst the shadows of the nights on the third day they came upon a large natural cave in the face of a low cliff at the foot of which tumbled one of the numerous mountain brooks that watered the plain below and fed the morasses in the lowlands at the country's edge here the three took up their temporary abode where tarzan's instruction in the language of his companions progressed more rapidly than while on the march the cave gave evidence of having harbored other manlike forms in the past remnants of a crude rock fireplace remained and the walls and ceiling were blackened with the smoke of many fires scratched in the soot and sometimes deeply into the rock beneath were strange hieroglyphics and the outlines of beasts and birds and reptiles some of the latter of weird forms suggesting the extinct creatures of jurassic times some of the more recently made hieroglyphics tarzan's companions read with interest and commented upon and then with the points of their knives they too added to the possibly age-old record of the blackened walls tarzan's curiosity was aroused but the only explanation at which he could arrive was that he was looking upon possibly the world's most primitive hotel register at least it gave him a further insight into the development of the strange creatures with which fate had thrown him here were men with the tails of monkeys one of them as hair covered as any fur-bearing brute of the lower orders and yet it was evident that they possessed not only a spoken but a written language the former he was slowly mastering and at this new evidence of unlooked-for civilization in creatures possessing so many of the physical attributes of beasts tarzan's curiosity was still further piqued and his desire quickly to master their tongue strengthened with the result that he fell too with even greater assiduity to the task he had set himself already he knew the names of his companions and the common names of the fauna and flora with which they had most often come in contact tadan he of the hairless white skin having assumed the role of tutor prosecuted his task with a singleness of purpose that was reflected in his pupil's rapid mastery of tadan's mother tongue omat the hairy black also seemed to feel that there rested upon his broad shoulders a portion of the burden of responsibility for tarzan's education with the result that either one or the other of them was almost constantly coaching the ape-man during his waking hours the result was only what might have been expected a rapid assimilation of the teachings to the end that before any of them realized it communication by word of mouth became an accomplished fact tarzan explained to his companions the purpose of his mission but neither could give him any slightest thread of hope to weave into the fabric of his longing never had there been in their country a woman such as he described nor any tailless man other than himself that they ever had seen i have been gone from alur while bu the moon has eaten seven times said ta den 
many things may happen in seven times twenty-eight days but i doubt that your woman could have entered our country across the terrible morasses which even you found an almost insurmountable obstacle and if she had could she have survived the perils that you already have encountered beside those of which you have yet to learn not even our own women venture into the savage lands beyond the cities allure light city city of light mused tarzan translating the word into his own tongue and where is allure he asked is it your city ta den and omats it is mine replied the hairless one but not omats the wazdan have no cities they live in the trees of the forests and the caves of the hills is it not so black men he concluded turning toward the hairy giant beside him yes replied omat we was don are free only the ho-don imprison themselves in cities i would not be a white man tarzan smiled even here was the racial distinction between white man and black man ho-don and was don not even the fact that they appeared to be equals in the matter of intelligence made any difference one was white and one was black and it was easy to see that the white considered himself superior to the other one could see it in his quiet smile where is allure tarzan asked again you are returning to it it is beyond the mountains replied ta den i do not return to it not yet not until Kotan is no more Kotan? queried tarzan Kotan is king explained the pithecanthropus he rules this land i was one of his warriors i lived in the palace of Kotan, and there i met oloa his daughter we loved like starlight and i but Kotan would have none of me he sent me away to fight with the men of the village of dakat who had refused to pay his tribute to the king thinking that i would be killed for dakat is famous for his many fine warriors and i was not killed instead i returned victorious with the tribute and with dakat himself my prisoner but Kotan was not pleased because he saw that oloa loved me even more than before her love being strengthened and fortified by pride in my achievement powerful is my father jadon the lion man chief of the largest village outside of alur him Kotan hesitated to affront and so he could not but praise me for my success though he did it with half a smile but you do not understand it is what we call a smile that moves only the muscles of the face and affects not the light of the eyes it means hypocrisy and duplicity i must be praised and rewarded what better than that he reward me with the hand of oloa his daughter but no he saves oloa for bulat son of mosar the chief whose great-grandfather was king and who thinks that he should be king thus would Kotan appease the wrath of mosar and win the friendship of those who think with mosar that mosar should be king but what reward shall repay the faithful taden greatly do we honor our priests within the temples even the chiefs and the king himself bow down to them no greater honor could Kotan confer upon a subject who wished to be a priest but i do not so wish priests other than the high priest must become eunuchs for they may never marry it was oloa herself who brought word to me that her father had given the commands that would set in motion the machinery of the temple a messenger was on his way in search of me to summon me to Kotan's presence to have refused the priesthood once it was offered me by the king would have been to have affronted the temple and the gods that would have meant death 
but if i did not appear before Kotan, i would not have to refuse anything Olo-a and i decided that i must not appear it was better to fly carrying in my bosom a shred of hope than to remain and with my priesthood abandon hope for ever beneath the shadows of the great trees that grow within the palace grounds i pressed her to me for perhaps the last time and then lest by ill fate i meet the messenger i scaled the great wall that guards the palace and passed through the darkened city my name and rank carried me beyond the city gate since then i have wandered far from the haunts of the hodon but strong within me is the urge to return if even but to look from without her walls upon the city that holds her most dear to me and again to visit the village of my birth to see again my father and my mother but the risk is too great asked tarzan it is great but not too great replied ta den i shall go and i shall go with you if i may said the ape-man for i must see this city of light this allure of yours and search there for my lost mate even though you believe that there is little chance that i find her and you omat do you come with us why not asked the hairy one the lairs of my tribe lie in the crags above Alur, and though Esat, our chief, drove me out, I should like to return again, for there is a she there upon whom I should be glad to look once more, and who would be glad to look upon me. Yes, I will go with you. Esat feared that I might become chief, and who knows but that Esat was right. But Panat Lee, it is she I seek first even before a chieftainship we three then shall travel together said tarzan and fight together added ta den the three as one and as he spoke he drew his knife and held it above his head the three as one repeated omat drawing his weapon and duplicating ta den's act it is spoken the three as one cried tarzan of the apes to the death and his blade flashed in the sunlight let us go then said omat my knife is dry and cries aloud for the blood of esat the trail over which Taden and omat led and which scarcely could be dignified even by the name of trail was suited more to mountain sheep monkeys or birds than to man but the three that followed it were trained to ways which no ordinary man might essay now upon the lower slopes it led through the dense forests where the ground was so matted with fallen trees and over-rioting vines and brush that the way held always to the swaying branches high above the tangle again it skirted yawning gorges whose slippery-faced rocks gave but momentary foothold even to the bare feet that lightly touched them as the three leaped chamois-like from one precarious foothold to the next dizzy and terrifying was the way that omat chose across the summit as he led them around the shoulder of a towering crag that rose a sheer two thousand feet of perpendicular rock above a tumbling river and when at last they stood upon comparatively level ground again omat turned and looked at them both intently and especially at tarzan of the apes you will both do he said you are fit companions for omat the wazdan what do you mean asked tarzan i brought you this way replied the black to learn if either lacked the courage to follow where omat led it is here that the young warriors of esat come to prove their courage and yet though we are born and raised upon cliff sides it is considered no disgrace to admit that pastar ul ved the father of the mountains has defeated us for of those who try it only a few succeed the bones of the others lie at the feet of pastar ul ved 
ta den laughed i would not care to come this way often he said no replied om at but it has shortened our journey by at least a full day so much the sooner shall tarzan look upon the valley of jad ben otho come and he led the way upward along the shoulder of pastar ul ved until there lay spread below them a scene of mystery and of beauty a green valley girt by towering cliffs of marble whiteness a green valley dotted by deep blue lakes and crossed by the blue trail of a winding river in the centre a city of the whiteness of the marble cliffs a city which even at so great a distance evidenced a strange yet artistic architecture outside the city there were visible about the valley isolated groups of buildings sometimes one again two and three and four in a cluster but always of the same glaring whiteness and always in some fantastic form about the valley the cliffs were occasionally cleft by deep gorges verdure filled giving the appearance of green rivers rioting downward toward a central sea of green jad pele ad jad ben otho murmured tarzan in the tongue of the pithecanthropi the valley of the great god it is beautiful here in alur lives kotan the king ruler over all pal-ul-don said ta den and here in these gorges live the Wazdan, exclaimed omat who do not acknowledge that kotan is the ruler over all the land of man ta den smiled and shrugged we will not quarrel you and i he said to omat over that which all the ages have not proved sufficient time in which to reconcile the hodan and the Wazdan. but let me whisper to you a secret omat the hodan live together in greater or less peace under one ruler so that when danger threatens them they face the enemy with many warriors for every fighting hodan of pal-ul-don is there but you wazdan how is it with you you have a dozen kings who fight not only with the hodan but with one another when one of your tribes goes forth upon the fighting trail even against the hodan it must leave behind sufficient warriors to protect its women and its children from the neighbors upon either hand when we want eunuchs for the temples or servants for the fields or the homes we march forth in great numbers upon one of your villages you cannot even flee for upon either side of you are enemies and though you fight bravely we come back with those who will presently be eunuchs in the temples and servants in our fields and homes so long as the wazdan are thus foolish the hodan will dominate and their king will be king of paluldan perhaps you are right admitted omat it is because our neighbors are fools each thinking that his tribe is the greatest and should rule among the wazdan they will not admit that the warriors of my tribe are the bravest and our she's the most beautiful ta den grinned each of the others presents precisely the same arguments that you present omat he said which my friend is the strongest bulwark of defence possessed by the hodan come exclaimed tarzan such discussions often lead to quarrels and we three must have no quarrels i of course am interested in learning what i can of the political and economic conditions of your land i should like to know something of your religion but not at the expense of bitterness between my only friends in paluldan possibly however you hold to the same god there indeed we do differ cried omat somewhat bitterly and with a trace of excitement in his voice differ almost shouted ta den and why should we not differ who could agree with the preposterous stop cried tarzan now indeed have i stirred up a hornet's nest let us speak no more of matters political or religious 
that is wiser agreed omat but i might mention for your information that the one and only god has a long tail it is sacrilege cried ta den laying his hand upon his knife jad ben otho has no tail stop shrieked omat springing forward but instantly tarzan interposed himself between them enough he snapped let us be true to our oaths of friendship that we may be honorable in the sight of god in whatever form we conceive him you are right tailless one said ta den come omat let us look after our friendship and ourselves secure in the conviction that jad ben otho is sufficiently powerful to look after himself done agreed omat but no buts omat admonished tarzan the shaggy black shrugged his shoulders and smiled shall we make our way down toward the valley he asked the gorge below us is uninhabited that to the left contains the caves of my people i would see panat lee once more ta den would visit his father in the valley below and tarzan seeks entrance to alur in search of the mate that would be better dead than in the clutches of the hodon priests of jad ben otho shall we proceed let us remain together as long as possible urged ta den you omat must seek panat lee by night and by stealth for three even we three may not hope to overcome essat and all his warriors at any time may we go to the village where my father is chief for jadan always will welcome the friends of his son but for tarzan to enter alur is another matter though there is a way and he has the courage to put it to the test listen come close for jad ben otho has keen ears and this he must not hear and with his lips close to the ears of his companions taden the tall tree son of jadan the lion man unfolded his daring plan and at the same moment a hundred miles away a lithe figure naked but for a loincloth and weapons moved silently across a thorn-covered waterless steppe searching always along the ground before him with keen eyes and sensitive nostrils end of chapter two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com